Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Middle of the week on a Wednesday. Welcome to the Super Talk Eagle Hour from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Luke Johnson in Laurel. Michael Mergens producing for us in Hattiesburg. Bob out today. He'll be back tomorrow, but happy to have you along with us. Patrick McGee will join us a little later in the program. A few Saints news. Including a uh, a bow, I think it's a bow fishing expedition for for uh, the, the new quarterback car as he's learning to live in the state of Louisiana. We'll also uh, get Patrick's uh, take on the uh, just recently finished 2023 baseball season. Uh, but got a, a good friend, a good guest lined up here. Just a minute uh, before we get to our first guest in this first segment, it's brought to you. Every day by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you, our hometown team in Hattiesburg, right outside Turtle Creek Mall, our good buddy Justin Harris. All the smoke meets, 4th of July coming up, family reunions coming up. Let Dickie's cater your next event, but you can always just go and eat in-house with them. Dickie's has some of the best cooked meats anywhere, and uh, we greatly appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. One of the greatest hitters in Southern Miss history joins us now. He is the head coach of the West Jones Mustangs, who recently made a deep run into the 5A playoffs. Trey Sutton joins us, and he's actually at the Pete today. Uh, still hanging around for Monday, Trey? Yeah. Um, got a little event out here. I'm helping uh, Matt Miller, the state director of Prep Baseball Report with. So I'm you know, out here late uh, Monday and and here I am again, so it's not a bad place to spend your day there. Not a bad, bad place at all. I appreciate you. Uh, Trey's going to stick around with us for a few segments today. And just kind of uh, start off with, we want to get to uh, talking about Coach Barry and uh, the unique perspective you have on him, not only as a former player, but um, as an alum and as somebody who has given him good baseball players. But we'll eventually, um, in the course of our conversation today as well, uh, talk about a guy really close to, to your heart, uh, the starting shortstop for Southern Miss, Dustin Dickerson. But, but Trey, first, let's, let's just get your perspective and as you immediately, because it'll take some time to process stuff, but you're, you're a frequent, uh, patron in the roost. You watch this team. You understand. Uh, this team and baseball way more than than the average fan. Kind of your immediate takeaways from this 2023 version of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. Uh, I think, you know, like you said, it, it'll take some time to kind of process everything, but I think it was just a, a testament of what our program is. Um, kind of looking and comparing, you know, after last year uh, and having – 
having all the arms drafted that we did and that being a question mark kind of coming into this year. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of people were, were concerned about halfway through the year about how things were going. But, uh, you know, we've got a coaching staff and a program and a group of players that, that understands the process and understands what it takes to be successful. And I think you saw that kind of play out the last half of the year. And, uh, you know, we, I think if you ask most everybody, um, you know, 30 games or so into the season, would we have been one win away from Omaha? They probably would have told you no, but, um, that's, that's, I can assure you is not the message in that locker room. Um, where they got to, um, was, was the goal all along. And, and obviously the process that, that they hold to and the things that they believe in and, and do on a day to day basis, um, it wins. And I think that's pretty obvious. And, and is that, was that kind of the secret sauce this year? Because I mean, you look at the 17 and 19 teams had far more offensive firepower, at least on paper. But then you look and you say, well, we hit more home runs this year. We had 88 home runs than we had the last two years. 21 team with, with Trimble. And then you look back at the 18 team with Sandlin. But then you got Hall this year. But it just seems as if, you know, you weren't as good as you were. Uh, you were, I should say, you were more thin in pitching than you were last year, and you didn't necessarily on paper have, um, you know, the guys that that you would think you'd have in previous years. So, what you just mentioned, do you think that was the secret sauce that allowed them? I mean, I, I think this is the second greatest season in school history outside of '09. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh. You know, I think, you know, we were talking off air a minute ago. Uh, the number of guys that threw over 20 innings this year was fewer than the number last year. And so, you know, I guess kind of what that tells you is, uh, it, it took them a little while, I guess, to figure out the, the right formula. Uh, and that's to be expected probably with losing, losing the arms you lost. And sometimes it takes a little while to iron out whose role is wit is which. And, uh, but again, when you have a coaching staff like we have, uh, it's just a matter of time before they find that formula. And, uh, that, that was obviously the case this year. And, um, each team, each team each year is different. The formula is different. The, you know, whose role is what is different. And, uh, I think you kind of saw that last year, uh, or this year, I'm sorry, with the, with the pitching. They, they kind of used some guys a little more. They found the guys that they were, the most comfortable with and uh you had some guys with some really big performances late in the year out of the pen extended performances you know especially thinking like uh you know the, the extending out extended outings that that justin storm had as a as a bullpen guy um but just things like that they you know the formula is never the same uh you gotta you gotta adapt to what you got and uh they obviously did another incredible job of that yeah, I mean, even the other night, we didn't talk about this much yesterday, and, and I should have, but I mean, how about Nico Mazza? I mean, he's one swing away from getting five innings and only giving up one run. I mean, and that was a guy, you know, had, had some, uh, you know, had some issues at the first part of the year in the rotation, went to a reserve role, and then he starts in a game three elimination in a super and, and gives you a good outing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that just speaks to the confidence they have in the stuff that that guy has. Um, and, and you can look out there on the scoreboard when he's throwing. He's he's mid nineties, and he's got he's got good secondary stuff too. So the stuff's there, and uh, the fact that um, you know 
and like you said, really one swing the other night, uh, put three runs on the board for him. And other than that, that one swing, he was incredible. I I, I asked um, yesterday. I was we were talking about this with Rick Cleveland, and I'll ask you the same question. What What do you think Hill Denson felt the other night? Uh, I was I came by and saw you in the roost, and you know we were just looking at the mass of humanity. Monday night, um, the last baseball game, you know, outside the College World Series, and and you, you just got to know that that maybe even Hill Denson, thirty five years ago, just said, "Wow, I, I I'm not sure I, I knew it would look exactly like this," but he had the vision for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's got to be pretty special for him, you know to to sit out there and, and see what this place has become. And um, and this has been talked about a lot. You know, we've only we've only had a handful of head coaches here. And it all, you know, it really started going this direction with Coach Denson and the vision that he had. And, um, you know, then on to Coach Palmer and Coach Barry and, and start next year with Coach Oz. But uh, I think all, you know, the kind of character men that we've had leading the program, that's all part of that formula that we talked about a few minutes ago. And just, um, you know, you got to to have a successful program, to have a, a successful anything, you know, you got to have good people and people that uh, have some have some belief in, in what they want to do and a vision uh, as to where they want to see what they're leading go. And uh, we've been extremely fortunate to have – have the, the men that we've had lead this program, and, and you know, starting back with with Coach Denson, obviously. We're gonna we're gonna talk about Coach Barry and Dustin Dickerson in the next segment with Trey. About about a minute left uh, in this segment. Um, just just kind of t- everybody knows, but but you get it as a former player, and um, and as a as a coach now. Why is Christian Ostrander not only the dude, but it is like a no brainer. Um, for him to continue this this legacy and, and and take it to the next level even more than what it is well i think if if you've been around him much at all um he just he fits that same mold that um that the other men we've had lead this program were you know he's he's about hard work and and blue collar and um and everywhere he's been in the coaching world, he's been really, really successful. Um, the things he's done and the teams he's had, the pitching staff that he's had, uh, that all kind of speaks for itself. And so, uh, we, you know, we, we couldn't be in, in a, in a better spot moving forward from what Coach Barry did and getting kind of, you know, taking another step as a program and then having Coach Oz roll up. We're really blessed to have that. We're visiting with Trey Sutton, former Southern Miss baseball great, now the uh, baseball coach for the West Jones Mustangs. One of his player, former players, Dustin Dickerson, excellent season this year. And uh, Trey, of course, knows Coach Barry. We're going to talk about Scott Barry and Dustin Dickerson with Trey Sutton as the Eagle Hour continues on a Wednesday.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Wednesday, Luke Johnson from the Southern Bancor Studios in Laurel. Michael Mergens in Hattiesburg producing today. Happy to have you along middle of the week. We are continuing uh, a week of reflection. An outstanding year, I think a lot of people would say. Probably the second greatest season of all time. Southern Miss baseball, of course, reflecting on uh, the great Scott Berry. And uh, we'll get back uh, with Trey Sutton here in just a second. Second segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Campus Bookmark. Located on Artie Street in Hattiesburg. Love the people at Campus Bookmark. Love the University of Southern Mississippi. They do. You can go see them there or shop anywhere uh, in the world online at campusbookmark.net. Continue with Trey Sutton, one of the best hitters of all time for Southern Miss baseball, now currently the coach at West Jones High School. Trey, let's just talk about Scott Berry. Um, of course, you, you played for him. And you have uh, watched him as a head coach for a decade, over a decade, and you have entrusted several of your players to him. And and uh, I know I've known him since I played football at Southern Miss, and I was emotional um, over the last forty eight hours. I know it was just completely different for you and your former teammates. Yeah, it. Uh, you know the the end of the season is always tough, and. Uh, I was telling somebody uh, either yesterday or this morning the uh, the feeling I have after, I, I haven't felt this like I don't know what the word is empty um, after a season is over since since playing my last game uh, and I I don't know what the difference is I, I think it has to do probably with knowing that Coach Barry's done and uh, and that Dustin might be done. Um, so that, uh, that kind of threw, you know, that's two people that I, that I care a lot about and, uh, you know, you don't ever want to, don't ever want it to end. Uh, it's kind of, and I guess that's why it kind of, you know, I feel, uh, a lot, a lot of the same emotions, uh, you know, with my playing career here it ended, uh, it's just a different feel. Um, obviously, like to look, a lot to look forward to with with what our program is and Coach Oz coming in, um, but just kind of a a little added dynamic to the end of this season. Yeah, and and how do you what what's the proper way um, to sum him up? Everybody everybody knows uh, what type of guy he is because. I, I was just amazed over the weekend in weather delays and, uh, you know, on and off the field. Dude, he's signing autographs with kids. There's a great picture with him and, and uh, greeting Lebo. And, you know, everybody knows who he is. Um, but, but as you, as somebody who's very close to him, what has, what has made him that? Uh, I mean, I think he just, um, and probably everything I'm going to, I'm going to say about him is, is redundant. You know, you've heard people, say it and say it and say it uh, about his character and but it's because he is what he is you know he uh the things that that he teaches his players um about life and and how to be you know a good baseball player and uh a good man um you know you look out and you know you don't he he shows you how to do it you know, there, it's not just, here's what you do, it's here, let me show you how. And, uh, you know, there's, I know there was a picture circulating, I think, last week after we won the regional, he was out here 
you know, <laughs> blowing the sidewalk off the next day in a in a cutoff shirt. And back, uh, I know they were back when the tornado hit. I can't remember what year it was. Years back, you know, he's out <laughs> with a chainsaw, you know, cutting people's cutting trees up in people's yards out in the community, and um, so just. He just shows you, you know, he shows you how to do it. And, uh, you know, on college athlete, you know, you're still trying to find your way in life and, and, you know, being molded into what you're going to end up being. And he's, uh, there's not a better, um, model, you know, for, for a man to show young men how to, how to go about their business. Yeah, I I said it yesterday in in a changing climate, very crazy changing climate. He didn't allow the climate to change him, and instead he, you know, he he kept changing men probably away from what the climate was pushing people towards. Um, good stuff. Thanks for sharing that. Let's uh, let's shift to a guy. Um, everybody, you know, probably texted you this year, and and uh, when Dustin just got on the power surge, can we just ask about the power surge, like where that came from? By the way, uh, that was. Homebred West Jones Tower. That's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> that did not manifest itself the first three years at Southern Miss, right? <laughs> right. It was it was late blooming. <laughs> no, I did for our audience's sake. I did text Trey during the Auburn Regional and said, "Where is this?" I said, "You created this," and he said, "No." What did you say? No, I didn't. Never, I just didn't get in his way. Isn't that what you yeah, said? Yeah, I just some, some players. You know, it's really you just get out of their way is the best thing you can do, and he's one of those. What when when did it? At what point? What age? What grade did you say this dude is different? Uh, I mean, it was it was pretty obvious to me the first the first time I saw him on a baseball field. Really, uh, you could you know attribute it to whatever you want to. He's obviously been blessed with a with a lot of ability, and uh, you know he's grown up around the game at a high level with his dad. Uh, being in the big leagues, and um, I think that was just the perfect storm for creating a monster. And uh, he, uh, you know, he when he was going through, you know, the kind of I think one of the knocks on him was that he wasn't real big. But um, to me, watching him practice every day uh, was always such an elite defender, and and obviously everybody got to see that day in and day out down here and but he was just you know we're talking about you know his power surge here at the end but uh it was kind of one thing that i always believed was that when when he got stronger i could see him hit every day you could see the flight off the bat uh that it was going to play when he got stronger and uh he's just you know he got down here and the uh the weight program that they have down here is really, really, really good. Um, and, I mean, I think that's obviously, he would tell you that's a big part of, of where he is now and just buying into what they do. Again, going back to that process of what they do day in and day out and what all it involves to be successful. And he obviously bought into that. And, uh, I mean, he, yeah, he took off here this, really this year. But, you know, and I'll say this too, you know, a lot of these home runs he hit were in big games. Yeah. You know, here late in the postseason, and he's always been a guy that, 
you know, if, if you were going to go to war, you'd want him in your foxhole because he, the moment wasn't going to be too big for him. And really, if anything, the moment was going to kind of lift him to another level. And I think everybody got a chance to witness that here the last few weeks. I'm glad you brought that up about his work ethic because some people would say, well, his dad's a major league, his dad's one of the best fielding coaches in the major leagues. His, you know, he grew up around major league players in clubhouse. But what you brought up was the, the work ethic is what got him to what he is now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, there's that's something he's heard all of his life, I think, is that, oh, well, you know, he got that opportunity because of his dad or who his dad is or whatever. And, you know, to me, that's just an ignorant statement, right. to be honest. I mean, he he uh, obviously was blessed with God-given ability, but um, but he's he's always working at it, you know. Um, and I think, uh, you know, the weight room part of it is is something that a lot of times you don't really understand how important that is until you get to college and you get you get on. Because I kind of went through the same thing. I got on campus. I was like, these guys are big you know they're bigger than me and so you know if you're gonna if you're gonna swim and not sink you better get in the weight room and I think that was something he probably realized when he got down here um and I mean you can look at him and tell his body's changed and um obviously the the power with the bat showed up here at the end too Two two striking images from from Monday night. One was Scott walking towards uh, left field. Nobody was behind him for a few minutes and or a few seconds. Everybody's applauding, and it was symbolic of the fact that you know he, he's walking off. He's 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 walking out of the garden after a long you know day's work or long career's work. Um, and we were able to honor him. The other was to me, and I know this one touched you was for a long time Dustin just sat out there by himself in the six hole just on the turf that he's guarded the last four years yeah um that's uh I'm gonna try not to get choked up here um it's okay that uh yeah he um uh, you know he came uh came down to the right field corner and saw me and just told him how proud I was of him. And, uh, you know, he, he reminded me, I, I walked out of the box in 2008 with my helmet on because I, I knew that, that when I took it off, it was going to be the last time I took it off. And I think that was, you know, I, I hope he's back next year. I really do. <laughs> yeah. Um, I hope that wasn't his last time sitting out there at, at shortstop. But, um, you know, it was just, uh, I think a good picture of him and how much this place means to him. Um, and it does like he, he, uh, he loves West Jones and I know that. And, and he loves Southern Miss and he's, you know, he's a guy that's, that's been, been loyal to this program and stuck around and absolutely, um, because it means so much to him. Um, so yeah. Trey, appreciate it, man. Thanks for joining us. Yep. See ya. Southern Miss to the top. Great stuff with Trey Sutton. Appreciate him joining us. And especially uh, if you missed that interview, if you're just joining us now, go back and listen to it in podcast form. 
a Google Play, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audible, or supertalk.fm on demand later today. Great stuff from Trey Sutton, particularly uh, talking about Dustin Dickerson and, and the moments they spent together uh, on, on Monday night. Just just great stuff. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street, home of the 995 lunch. Comes with a drink every day at 4th Street. Catfish Friday, Bob Getty approved. Appreciate Slade White and his team over at 4th Street. It's all Slade out in the roost Monday night. And of course, he was uh, cheering on uh, the Golden Eagles. Appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson and Michael Mergens from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. It is Wednesday, so we go down to New Orleans and join our good buddy Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. Patrick, 46-20 and 20 last season for Scott Berry. And uh, actually, Trey and I were talking about this stat. Only seven pitchers from this team threw more than 20 innings this year. I I think when you look at it, you know, being the arguably the second best season of all time for Southern Miss baseball, it's got to be one of Scott Berry's best coaching jobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way they reconstituted that pitching staff, and and you saw the team really kind of take a leap uh, at the plate in the the final stages of the season. I know it didn't really play out against really good pitching there late in the the super regional but overall i thought the team improved uh uh really dramatically as the season went on and uh he he really got that team on track and and uh to get to get another super regional in hasburg and back-to-back seasons and, and lose that much on your pitching staff is uh it, that's that's really hard to do and what barry and ostrander were able to do this season was, was pretty remarkable Ostrander, um, of course, uh, and, and Barry as well, really high on this, this next year's class. And I, I guess, you know, some of the ifs, uh, you wonder, it, you know, will, or he will, but, but where will Dickerson, uh, be drafted? You know, what, what's going to happen with Justin Storm? Um, right. I, I think Slade Wilkes probably a little more difficult because of the, the posi- position issue. But I mean, still, I mean, you know, Oz in his first year got guys coming in, but, you don't know what's going to happen, and that portal closes pretty quick after the end of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm not as clued in as I once was on all this, but I'm really anxious, you know, to, to see what, uh, you know, want to see what happens here in the weeks ahead going into the draft and, and what the portal does. I mean, I I really, you know, I, I, I really want to find out where things kind of, uh, play out for this baseball team in the coming weeks, and and there's a fair amount of uncertainty. I know Ostrander's probably, you know, kind of like, well, this is this is a different animal, you know, uh, than he was facing years prior. So uh, I'm sure his stress level goes up a notch just because he knows he's got to put some work in, uh, even more work in than usual to kind of keep this team together and and uh, put together a roster for next season. All your t- all years covering Southern Miss, uh, you you reported on on Barry, and I, I'll share something. You may have seen it. He actually in his post game presser thanked the media uh, for yeah. you know the good relationship, and of course that would naturally be directed at you. What 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 what's your takeaway this week? We're trying to reflect on on Coach Barry this week. Your your takeaway your your reflection uh, of of the man that took Southern Miss baseball again to the next level. Yeah, I, 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 there was no coach I had a better relationship at, you know, with at Southern Miss than Scott Berry because he he went out of his way to build relationships uh, with members of the media. You know, he's just a genuinely nice guy, and he understood that the role we played, you know, the the media did in, in the growth of the program and the growth of interest. 
course, they built that on their own just through success, but uh, we were able to just be that kind of megaphone. And Scott understood that, that we played a role in that. And that really helped, I think, over time really build uh, loyalty to his program. And overall, people felt engaged to the program. And just, you know, what's the job Scott Barry has done, you know, I have a tremendous amount of respect uh, for what he's done as a coach. Uh, he was really the perfect guy to guide Southern Miss over the last decade plus. First guy, the, the perfect guy to replace Corky Palmer. Uh, and now it feels like you have another pretty much perfect guy, a different kind of a coach, but, it, you know, a lot of ways has some a lot of the same qualities that Coach Barry does in, in Ostrander. So, yeah, I mean, Scott Barry built this thing. I mean, it, it was his program. Uh, you know, he took it from Corky and he made it his own over the years, just kind of built on that. And Southern's baseball is, is, is in great shape moving forward just because of Scott Barry. Um, Richard Cross and, and Borky and Haydad yesterday on Sports Talk, they, they said this, the context of this was praising Scott Barry and um, and talking about how good of a national brand Southern Miss baseball is. But they made this statement. I thought it was right. This job should not have this much success because of who's to the north, who's to the, as you well know, who's to the southwest. Um, and I think it speaks um, of... Uh, stability. I think we all agree on that. But I mean, they in in the course of twenty five years, w- we should not be this, but we are, yeah. and we are on an upward trajectory. I mean, don't, don't in there in their truth in that. I mean, it's just amazing when you think about. We the other day you take uh, a, a, uh, an institution that has a hundred and fifty million dollars more. You take them to the ropes mm-hmm. in, a, in a game three of a super. Right, yeah, and what's happened here is that the schools like Southern Miss and Coastal Carolina, and you throw in, you know, Louisiana, okay, that's who who's replaced the whole West Coast dynamic like Cal State Fullerton and those programs back in the day. That's what, you know, Southern Miss and these other schools have become. Now, you know, you see Coastal's got that national championship. Can Southern Miss eventually make that, you know, step? Yeah, it's always possible. Uh, it's just really a lot of things kind of have to fall your way over the course of the season, but Southern Miss is flirting with, you know, competing for a national championship. They did it in 2009, and uh, but this team, you know, that team wasn't nearly as talented as some that followed them. It just right. it really got hot there late. So, yeah, I think this team is building towards a, a, a national championship contender. Uh, whether they'll ever get over that hump, we'll see. Yeah, I, I just think it's extraordinary when you think about what they're up against and yeah. yet the consistency. It's not just a, it's not a shot in the pan. I mean, there's a reason why. Would you ever have thought Southern Miss in this point in history would be a baseball school? That That's what that, – and it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was around pretty early, you know, whenever, you know, before Pete Taylor Park was kind of, you know, renovated and what it is today. And it was, you know, b- baseball was, was an afterthought really for a lot of people 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Uh, I think whenever they hosted that regional, uh, when Baylor came in and won that one, I think that's whenever things kind of turned around and people really – realized this is something they could get behind. So, yeah, this, this has happened fairly quickly at Southern Miss. They've, they've really built themselves into a, a, a program of, of national stature. I'm sure we'll, we'll be able to ask him in the next you know weeks or so, but I just want to – just what Hill Denson thought when he saw that on, uh, on Monday night. Hi, right, Patrick. Um, NOLA.com. Today, I think, uh, Jeff Duncan wrote an article, and, and yeah. uh, Derek Carr holding a four-foot-long – uh, was it alligator gar? And uh, I think tr- that's what it is. 
transitioning into uh, being a full-fledged native of the state of Louisiana. Yeah, I, I, that didn't really surprise me one bit. He, he's that kind of a, a guy. I mean, he's from, you know, he went to Fresno. He didn't go to UCLA or USC. I mean, he's somebody I knew that could kind of fit in in this part of the country, and, it, and it, it's an easy move for him. And, and you see that chemistry kind of building. It was really, it was Derek Carr and a whole bunch of, you know, you saw Jameis Winston out there, uh, a bunch of other guys we don't really know that well yet. But they're just out there on boats just trying to build that chemistry. They're out there boat fishing. And uh, apparently they enjoyed themselves just from little video clips I saw. <laughs> they were getting into it. So, yeah, you, you can see, you know, a kind of a chemistry coming together. Derek Carr's a guy that's easy to like, easy to respect. And guys like Michael Thomas want to play with them. Uh, so that's that's a good first step in that you see some guys who maybe haven't always seemed, you know, to be com- to be completely on board. Uh, but So to see Michael Thomas kind of uh, really wanting to work with Derek Carr and, and, and Carr going out of his way to kind of build those relationships, relationships that's a really good sign yeah I, I think duncan said in the article he's in four months he's been to pelicans game his kids are wearing lsu stuff and now he's <laughs> he's boat fishing in the marsh yeah yeah i mean that's what he's it, that's you know i i'm not sure it you know Derek drew Brees. you know he kind of proved himself on the field and he was a good you know a good guy off the field but Carr seems to be putting in more effort than really anybody i've seen in a while um, so it's it's interesting to see how, you know everybody's kind of interested in the car, but everybody everybody's also kind of in a wait and see mode, mode to see what happens on right. the field. Uh, but away from the field right now, he seems to be doing the job. And and in that about thirty seconds left, in, in that the most important part, winning over the locker room and everybody saying this is our dude, and yeah. the, the early signs with Olave and Thomas really syncing up with with Carr. I mean that bodes well for everybody. Yeah, and I think that's that's a big reason they brought him in because it it would be easy to point to Derek Carr and say this is our dude. You know, this is the guy we get behind. This is the guy we build an offense around. Uh, he can make all the throws. He's got a lot of the attributes. Hasn't always been perfect, uh, but in a stable situation, he could potentially thrive. And I think you know that potential is really really close. So we'll see if it plays out. Good stuff, Patrick. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, Luke. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. One more segment left. We're going to share some of uh, your comments as uh, we reflect on Scott Berry and the legacy he leaves behind. And a few news and notes, some uh, Golden Eagles, All-Americans. We'll get to that as the Eagle Hour finishes up on a Wednesday. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Appreciate Patrick McGee joining us from NOLA.com. Good stuff with his uh, reflection on head coach Scott Berry. Appreciate D1 and DBAT for uh, sponsoring the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. DBATHattiesburg.com located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Hey, some weather coming in a little later. Michael, I know you've been watching it, and uh, I think you kind of told me it was a 50-50 shot, but people need to be watching that later today, right? Yeah, it's a severe weather outlook. Uh, Anyone who has a weather radio probably heard that at 
5 a.m. this morning that came over through our whole house. But uh, <laughs> just be mindful, of course, this time of year, you get these storms coming through, and sometimes it uh, it's bad, sometimes it's not. But make sure you have an umbrella. But actually, probably around 3 o'clock or so, we'll start seeing the skies get a little dark. But hopefully it won't be as uh, bad as it possibly could be. It was amazing, Michael, um, that people from uh, the state of Tennessee – couldn't fathom the fact that there are pop-up afternoon showers in the southeast. Well, I couldn't either, and I bring this up every year when they start happening. When I moved here 17 years ago, driving down Hardy Street, and just like right now, sunny skies, a few clouds in the sky, and let's say I get stopped at the stoplight near Turtle Creek Mall, and deluge just comes down, and you drive maybe a mile, it's coming down, coming down, coming down, and then, oh, it's gone, and the sun comes out. I'd never experienced that. Now I'm used to it, but yeah, this time of year, I'm always reminded of just how amazed I was, Yeah, how commonplace that is. It is. It's wild. But anyway, watch your, uh, watch your weather today. A couple news and notes. Southern Miss men's basketball coach Jay Ladner has announced another signing, Andre Curbelo, transferring from St. John's and a former Big Ten Sixth Man of the Year um, from Illinois. He's a guard, six foot one. And uh, played in 26 games for St. John's last season. So uh, Coach Ladner and his team work in uh, the portal. Andre Corbello, the latest um, transfer. Tanner Hall becomes the first ever Golden Eagle to earn back-to-back first-team honors. And as an All-American, he was named to the first team uh, today by the National Collegiate Baseball Writers uh, association, of course, the uh, 2023 Sunbelt Pitcher of the Year. Congratulations to Tanner Hall. Uh, Hall again with teammates Justin Storm, Dustin Dickerson, and Slade Wilkes earned uh, nods to the American Baseball Coaches Association uh, and Rawlings um, regional teams. Uh, Hall and Storm first team, Dickerson and Wilkes second team, and that is for the ABCA Rawlings All-Region Honors. In golf news, pretty interesting coming up. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Southern Miss will host an inaugural golf tournament October 14th through the 17th, the Fallen Oak Collegiate Collegiate Invitational. LSU, Auburn, Nevada, uh, I'm sorry, UNLV, Nevada, Las Vegas, Wisconsin, Kansas, Central Florida, Colorado, Iowa, SMU will join the Golden Eagles, the Bulldogs, and uh, and the Rebels um, down uh, on the coast October 14th through 17th. Good stuff there. All right, I want to spend the last couple minutes of the show, and uh, these are still up um, for, for you to comment on. Some of the, the Southern Miss fan groups on Facebook, I put out a post, as well as on the Super Talk Eagle Hour Twitter profile, an opportunity for you to comment and, and share your thoughts uh, about, about um, Scott Barry and what he means. So you want to read some of these, and we'll continue uh, tomorrow um, and Friday. Keith Barrett says, A memory was flying with my friend to pick up Coach Barry and Todd McInnes in Houston, flying them back to Jackson for the Ferris Award. We flew also, we flew other people to the CUSA tournament. We had a steep landing with 31 mile an hour crosswinds. Just so many memories. Coach Barry may not know me, but he made me a better man. Thanks, Scott. Trent Cooley says, other than baseball, I met Coach Barry several times while working at Southern Miss. My kids and my grandkids get to watch and experience his coaching, and it was a blessing. Coach, enjoy hunting. Fishing and your retirement, SMTTT. Benji Barham says, 
Coach Barry provided leadership on and off the field to so many players and staff. He is a great representative of our university. He continued to mark the pe- the place to be for all these years and leaving a legacy of continuing to climb to the top. Thanks, number 40. Thanks to your family as well. Another fan says, Scott Barry is one of the finest men I have ever known, a true gentleman and an impactful leader. We will miss him very much, SMTTT. Final one for today, and of course we'll continue to share these throughout the week. Russ Cloy says, Coach Barry, I have admired your leadership as proven by the young men that you inspired and developed over the years to achieve constant, high, consistently high standards. Your legacy is secure, and you should be proud of what your blood and sweat produced for USM Baseball and what will become of the great young men and the program you led. And that is uh, retired Colonel Russ Cloy. One more fan. Sums it up best. Scott Berry, first class, always. Opportunity for you this week uh, to share your thoughts. See uh, the posts that we have in uh, different Southern Miss fan groups on Facebook as well as the, uh, the Super Talk Eagle Hour on Twitter. And we will read those throughout the week. Thanks so much to those who have already written, and we'll get to your post later in the week. It's going to wrap it up. If you missed interview with Trey Sutton or Patrick McGee, Eagle Hour will be up on demand here in just a little bit on your favorite podcasting platform. Bob's back tomorrow. Confirmed tomorrow. Jack Duggan and Hill Denson. It's going to be a great show tomorrow. We'll catch you then. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Talk Mississippi Media Production.